Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Bet MGM tonight, P.J. Glasser, Trista Crick. No Ryan Horvat, no Nick Ashew. They got the night off. Still a great show. Upcoming, we are going to have Vaughn Dalzell join us. 8 p.m. Eastern time, Joe Giglio is going to join us as well. Talk about the state of the Eagles. Jeff Feinberg will join us. See, we got some golf coming back. Yeah, let's uh trim this mic down. There you go. We got some golf coming back. We're out in Kapalua this Couldn't week. Couldn't see it for a second. In Hawaii. It's great to see you. And uh, Patrick Everson will join us 10 o'clock Eastern time as well. We'll talk national championship with Pat. We'll talk NFL week 18. Get PJ, to a you're lot. blurry. I am blurry. PJ, you're blurry. Not in person, though, right? No, no, like, I can I'm, see you. Okay, that's good. That's good. How you doing? Um, it's I been am, a little bit. When's the last time I saw you? Uh, phew, too long. When we hit our parlay? Yes. Is that the last time? I think it was. So we tried to run it back tonight. Let's run it back. We are on Providence first half. I'm just blindly tailing Peach. Peach knows how much I love Providence. I've been on <laughs> Providence for years now. You do. They are one of the toughest teams to bet emotionally. Mm. Uh, that is one part of the parlay. Why don't you give out the rest? So we got Providence first half, minus three and a half. They're up six with eight. Uh, eight minutes to go in the first half. Then we got Miami on the money line tonight at home against Clemson. This is just one of those spots where he backed the Canes at home. They're going to be without Wuga Poplar, which is not great, but that line has not moved, which tells me a lot. Mm-hmm. We like the U tonight. And then... Love the, Laranega. And then we love, we love Coach L. And then the nightcap, we like UCLA minus four and a half at home against Stanford. Strange line. Strange line. UCLA has been extremely disappointing this year, but it's a great spot, I think, to fade Stanford. They're coming off a huge win against Arizona, Arizona. and this is the first of a three-game road trip for Stanford. They got the L.A. swing, UCLA, USC, and then they have to go to Corvallis and play Oregon State. So we're fading the Cardinal tonight. We're taking Mick Cronin and the boys at the crib. Tristy, your thoughts on the parlay? How are we feeling about Providence right I feel now? good. I mean, they missed, what, two? Two bunnies. Sh- two b- very easy bunnies. One guy was, uh, one player was trying to just make the extra pass when yep. he could have gone to the rim. There was a foul call that was called on the ground as well. They really should be up about eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah, eight to ten. Yeah, Seton Hall just had a layup, so that's a four-point game. So we'll keep our eyes on that. We also got a ton of games going on. In the association tonight, Trista, I'm excited for this Milwaukee-Indiana game. Same. Is it just me, or does it feel like they play every single week? No, it, it, this it, is the fifth time this season <laughs> that they've played because of the in-season tournament. Yeah. And I tell you what, Peach, it's getting a little like tiring. I think we're all ready for this to not be the case. Agreed. But this is like it's just a great prop game for for not only Giannis, me and you texted about it to, to one another. Same mine. And we're on the same one. Yeah. You know, Giannis's prop right now, I think it's 34 and a half, I mm-hmm. saw. I took him just to score 30. I had him to score 30. Halliburton to get 10 assists. And listen, like, Halliburton, assist-wise, against the Bucks hasn't been as good as the minus 110 line would suggest. 13 and a half is the number, which I would probably, if I had to, 
either stay away or take the under. That's a scary proposition, but I think that's only hit once in the four times that they've played. So I just want double-digit uh, assists for Halliburton. And then two blocks for Brooke Lopez, that's just an automatic play. You have to. And then Miles Turner, two blocks as well. So that's actually, I think, plus 400 is what I sent you. You tailed it with me, I or did. you ride it with I'm, me? I'm riding with you. I'm riding with you. I'm big on Giannis tonight. I took that separate. I took the points and rebounds over 49 and a half. Trista, he's had 54 and 64 against the Pacers this Looked season. Looked very, so. very good. Yeah, so we're riding with Giannis. The total's at 257 and a half. We've seen this like the last three meetings when these teams have played. The total's been like hovering 260. It's gone under once. It's gone over once. Do you have any feel on the total, or are you just staying away from a number that big? I would probably stay away. It's juiced to the over, minus 115, which is mm-hmm. probably the only thing that I would do. Definitely wouldn't take the uh, wouldn't take the, the under. under. Yeah. It's just not a not a fun proposition when you have the Bucks not playing that great a defense and the Pacers who never play great defense. Mm-hmm. Another look uh, that I tailed Joe Dallaire on, friend of show, yeah. he took Tyrese Halliburton over points and rebounds because the potential rebounds for Tyrese Halliburton is like 20% higher against the Bucks than it is against any other team. So I think he's getting 7.8 potential rebounds per game. So the number is 30, 30 and a half. I took 29 and a half oh, points and rebounds. I put that in an SGP with the Brooke Lopez blocks at plus 125. So I'm looking for Tyrese Halliburton to have, I don't know, 24 points and six rebounds, something like that. 26 points and, and four rebounds. Somewhere in that neighborhood yeah. feels like a, a – he's had one bad scoring game where he had 22 points. But really, he's been able to do whatever he want, wants against this Bucks team. How are you feeling about the Pacers? Because I know last time I talked to you, you were comparing them to the Kings. I thought it was a great comp with their offense. And they were so hot to start the season. They've come down a little bit. You think they're just going through like a little, you know, regression. It's obviously a long season. Teams hit some bumps along the way. You think that's all it is? You still like the Pacers in the East? I like the Pacers overall. I think they're a young, developing team with a lot of unique pieces that are tradable. You know, Bruce Brown is obviously a very tradable asset for a contender if they wanted to get rid of him. Obi Toppin as well. Uh, I talked to the GM, actually, the Pacers, just like as a, hey, you know, you guys are killing it. G- you know, you should be GM of the year kind of a thing. Yeah. And he's not he's not buying what I'm selling. He said, listen, we need another star. Uh-huh. Honestly, like Halliburton is, is a bona fide certified star. Mm-hmm. We need one more to go along with them. I would not be surprised if they traded with maybe the Toronto Raptors, maybe traded like Obi Toppin, Buddy Heald for Pascal Siakam. I could see something like that happening. That would take them to the next level. But I think something like that is in order. Maybe you try to get Andrew Wiggins on the cheap. I know he's not a star, Mm -hmm. but he's a really good 3 and D guy if he's not like needing to be the dude on a night-to-night basis, which kind of defeats what the purpose of what he's saying, which is you kind of need somebody reliable. But I like the Pacers all in all. But I do think, you know, they're 18 and 14. I do think that they should do something to get to the next level, whether that's this season, I don't know. Maybe probably, like, in the off season, I would imagine. Stinkiest line of the night in the NBA is this Thunder-Hawks game. I know. The, the Hawks are going to win this game. Yeah, how are they favored? Okay, so you think they're going to win. Because I've done this a bunch of times with you. You know how my brain works. I see a game like this. This is stay away. Okay. you got to stay away from this line. How are the Hawks favored in this game? Well, it wasn't the case. This, no, this line there's flipped. There's money coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the line flipped. It was Thunder minus one and a half earlier today. And I think I took Thunder money line, mm-hmm. and I still don't feel good about it. Uh, Thunder on a back to back. 
huge emotional game against the Boston Celtics. They were up 20. It came down to the wire. I mean, you were going back and forth. I think they only won by three or four, right? Like, as underdogs, as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So, Mm -hmm. you have to imagine they're going on the road now. They were at home in OKC, going to Atlanta. Like, this just has letdown spot written all over it. But the Thunder are just so good. They're a really good team. They've Faced a lot of good opponents recently. Tough stretch. Beat the ooh, I almost cussed. Beat the hell out of Denver. And you know what I wanted to say? I did. They took them to Poundtown, PJ. They did. Beat up on the Celtics. They've had a lot of quality wins, and the Hawks are so pesky. They're not a good team, but you know this feels like a night where I could see maybe somebody like Trey Young going crazy or Dejounte Murray having a huge night. I like that. Thunder having you know allowing a lot of threes uh, um, by opponents. So. I like the over in that game, if I'm going to be honest. I think that's correlated, right? Yeah. Like the Hawks playing well to the over, being at home, Thunder, second game of back-to-back, like you said. I think we're going to get some points in that game. So I agree. I think you always want to take Shea Gilgis-Alexander points if you can. Mm. You always want to take Chet blocks if you can. Maybe put a little SGP together. Trey Young is on my list. DeJounte Murray is on my list, so I don't take any of their props. But if you might, uh, some Trey Young assist props make sense to me. Um, but I actually kind of like this this Grizzlies-Raptors game, too. I like the Grizzlies on the money line. I Ooh. took Grizzlies on the money line. I took Thunder on the money line. And then I took Rockets on the money line altogether, plus 500. Very nice. Rockets home against the Nets tonight. Houston. Oh, the Nets stink. Yeah. They really are in, in trouble. You did you see so? what they did the other night? I did not. Okay, so they're playing the Bucks, mm-hmm. And the Bucks have been on the road, I don't know, like three nights. They had played three games in five, ga- five days. I almost said three games in five games. Three day games in five They end up resting every single starter and then some. It was like Noah Clowney out there and, you know, Trendon Watford. Mikel Bridges has one of the longest streaks, I think, if not the longest streak of starting in the NBA. So they let him play a quarter. They take Royce, Those Cam, games. Thomas. And it was like, you don't need – this is – over the Christmas holiday, PJ. Yeah. They sold out Barclays and then some. They had to put in a thousand extra seats. And they set everyone against the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. And they ended up losing by over 20. Even though it was a close game, even at halftime, I think they were down three. And Jacques Vaughn's like, I don't need to give you an explanation. I think I hate the Nets. I think I hate Sean Marks. Sounds like it. I like the Rockets in this spot at home. Yeah, the Nets are, are a team that feels like they're desperately trying to tank for no reason because they don't have their own picks. Fair enough. I'm, that's that's surprising that they did that. I mean, obviously, we're in the point of the season in the NBA where like teams are kind of picking and choosing their spot. We it's still a little got some early. Really, I would say so. <laughs> it's a little uh, early, 30-something yeah, games in. I would say so. Uh, Clippers are at the Suns tonight. That's a good game. Clippers minus 4.5. The total is 232.5. Are you surprised at how well the Clippers are playing, especially considering how bad it was early on with Harden and now what they what they look like in the Western Conference. Because outside of Denver, Trista, like they have the Phoenix is still up there. I'm I'm not high on Phoenix at all. I think the Clippers, like you can make an argument, are maybe the most dangerous threat to Denver. I think Minnesota's still a very big threat to Denver because of how they play the two big men, right? Like Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns irritate Jokic. That's just what their team is designed to do. We mm. talked about that last night. But the Clippers, I said this yesterday, the Clippers to me are like that mythological siren on the rock, that beautiful girl with the long red hair and the mermaid skin, right? And she's singing to you, oh. come to me. I am a contender. 
come to me. Love it. And you're just, yeah, and you're just listening to that sweet voice, and you go out there, and all of a sudden, it's not Ariel at all. It is Ursula the Sea Witch, and all your money has been taken from you. (laughs) (laughs) And you you are now, you now are on a rock uh, with some sort of like urchin, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what the Clippers are to me like a team that looks good, feels good, smells good, sounds good. And then you get into the crunch time, and Paul George is injured, Kawhi is injured, Russell Westbrook is pouting, James Harden is playoff James Harden, which we know isn't great. Mm-hmm. So I want to believe. I know. I want them to be no, good. you're right. You're and they right. need to be good. This is like the last stand, too. If they don't really compete at a high level in the playoffs, they probably break this whole team up. Yeah. Multiple guys probably leave. You know, you, I could see Kawhi and Paul George opting out and becoming free agents and going somewhere else and our, our man Steve Ballmer having nothing to open up a new arena, which oh, would man. just be terrible and it just being like J- the James Harden effect. So, yeah, I, I like this Clipper team, and I really like them tonight against the Suns. The, the Suns are just a team in disarray, right? Like Big Kevin, time. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there. No. Bradley Beal's always injured, Booker's as you always know. Pissed. Yeah. Booker's just like, what <laughs> what is it that I have to do to yeah. get some teammates that stick around with me or aren't washed? So I like the Clippers in this spot a lot. I really like the Knicks, though, PJ. Like the Knicks. The game's on ABC tonight it's on a Wednesday. ABC game. The Bulls are resting multiple starters. Uh-huh. I know they're at least resting Nikola Vucevic. So, our parlay is I gone. just looked up. They were literally Peach, up they 10. They were up 10. Trista, they were up 10. And they haven't scored they, they have, since the segment they, began. They have scored three. They have not scored since the show started. That <laughs> they is have correct. not they scored. They have not I scored. looked up. Like, it's impressive. They are one for their last 12. They have oh, scored three no. points in 10. I mean, Trista. Come on, fa- hit that. The fact we still are alive. Nope, we're not. That was an air ball. They have scored three points. In t- they're only down Good four. Good old Friars. I mean, what are you, oh you going to do? What are you going to do? They I can't cannot believe that. Can't make any shots. Can't make any shots. A nine. three and a half point dog is going to end up being up six. Isn't that crazy? Seton Hall, my guy, Shaheen Holloway. Not great at all. So that parlay, unfortunately. D-E-A-D-S. Yeah. That's, that's done. That's done. But you know what? We get it out of the way. We move on. Let's create a new one, Pete. Let's create a new one. We got a lot of show left. We're going to go from college hoops to college football. National Championship, Washington and Michigan. Trista and I break that down next. Bet MGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. That's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. See, now that's just mean. Didn't need to happen. Trista Crick. I mean, here I was having a great show. We're 20 minutes in, and I got to play that sound, Trista? It's not right. It's not right. It's not right. It's like Providence not scoring. That's exactly right. They're scoring one out of 12 field goals in the entirety of the show we watched and they did not put one bucket in for 14 minutes. Yep, you're exactly right. Ohio State's up 24-20 to 20 on Rutgers as well. Ten minutes to go in the first half. Dayton's up 15-7 to 7 on Davidson. Florida State 6-3 over Georgia Tech. They just got going. Uh, Louisville and Virginia Tech are getting ready to tip off. So, unfortunately, Miami and Clemson were part of the parlay. The parlay is done. Still Dead. like Miami in the game, though, plus 100. 
We got Xavier upcoming against Villanova, 8.30 Eastern time. Villanova's favored by 8.5 in that game. And then UCLA, Stanford. So it's a shame, Trista. That was the one leg that I was kind of the most nervous about. You didn't but tell I thought, me that. Well, no, I didn't tell you that. Because, you did not tell me that. Because you know how it goes. Sometimes the ones you're the most nervous about end up hitting. So I just figured I'd, I'd tell you the Let me just leave parlay. it alone. Let me just leave it alone. Just leave Let it alone. It Let it ride. But uh, I, do, I do like UCLA and I do like Miami. So we'll see what happens tonight. Oop. Boop, boop. Yeah. Well, and uh, looks like Giannis, who is averaging like 60 points per game against the Indiana Pacers, currently has zero points. It's 18 to 16. It's going to be one of those nights. It's 19-18 uh, Pacers now, and Giannis has no points, no rebounds, no assists, and it is the Dame show. What which... have you thought of your boy Dame in Milwaukee? Eh. Eh? Eh. Yeah. He's a cone. You know what I mean? He, he's, he just go around him. Sure. He doesn't guard anyone. That's the way it goes. He's trying his very best. You can see him playing some off-ball defense right now on Miles Turner, which, oh, baby, you don't want to do that. You're about to get cooked. Oh, he just tried to – well, he just stole the ball. So, as as the mush that I am, it happened right on cue. Right on cue. Pacers up 19-18, 5-12 to go first quatre in that game. We will keep you posted. But Tristan, let's talk some college football. So we were mentioning the sound from the Alabama-Michigan game. I was at the Rose Bowl. I know you have been to the Rose Bowl. I have. It's a great place. Oh, I mean, it's one of the more spectacular places to watch a football game. That backdrop is is undefeated. Well, it's unlike anything, right? Because any stadium you go to, obviously, if it's basketball or hockey, you got a roof over top, right? Football, it's usually downtown, parking lots around it. Baseball is really the one stadium where you get some skylines, where you get right. some backdrops. But this one, just driving up to it, and then the mountains, it's literally on a golf course. I mean, it's just its crazy. And, you know, I was fortunate to have. It's just like when you picture going to the Rose Bowl, to have, like, just the perfect weather day, you know, yeah. mid-60s, sunny, just beautiful. And, uh, you know, two heavyweights going at it. The Michigan fans travel travel really travel well. Travel really well. Really they well. deep in there. I, I would say it was probably 60-40 Michigan. And uh, and they were they were loud. Towards the end there in overtime when Michigan scored and then Bama was driving down. It was in the Michigan end zone in front of all their fans. So it was, it was rocking. It's funny. I had a Michigan guy sitting behind me. And at the end of the first quarter, I turn around to him and I go, you guys are the better team. I don't know if you're going to win, but you're better. You could just you could just tell it, it's tough because Bama plays in the SEC, right? They played Texas. So we've seen them five, six times go up against good top 15 caliber teams. Michigan, we've seen them against Penn State, who doesn't have any explosive plays, doesn't have much of an offense. And we saw them against Ohio State, who's got great skill position guys, a really good defense. But McCord isn't a great quarterback. No. Guy just transferred to, to Syracuse, right? Like He's not at Ohio State anymore. So... Bama, with the way Jalen Milrow is playing, obviously they got good backs, good receivers. Their defense is great. I, I thought it would be a big-time step up in class for them, but Michigan's defensive line set the tone real early in the game. For, Couldn't get anything going right? in between the tackles. Michigan goes three and out on offense. They open up the game with three straight passes. They punt it away to Bama, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Bama's going to set the tone on offense. First play, Milrow gets sacked for 14 yards. Second play, gets sacked again, and you're like, oh, my God, this Michigan D-line. Bama's O-line has been great all year. You go back and watch the Bama-Georgia SEC title game, the way that Bama ran the football, the way that they protected Milrow, like you just have not seen their O-line dominated in a game like that. So that was my big takeaway. We knew how great Michigan's O-line was, but their D-line – that was uh, they, they were impressive. 
Yeah, I I think maybe the Rose Bowl is the most iconic place to watch your own team play. Yeah. You know, I saw Oregon play Florida State, which was a better result than you had. <laughs> You know, where we were essentially just trolling uh, Jameis Winston. I remember the Jameis fumble backwards. That was iconic. And then after that, we were doing the, oh. Oh, you're mocking him. We were doing it every time (laughs) Oregon had the football, which was incredible. No, I think what we are seeing from Michigan, you're right, is that they're they're dominant in the trenches. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, though. How do you think Washington's O-line is going to stand up? Because it's been pretty good, even against Oregon's D-line. They played really well twice against Oregon. Yeah, they had some close ones. Close against uh, Washington State, close against Oregon State. But playing bully ball on both sides of the ball in the trenches, and I think that's pretty surprising for a lot of people who watch Pac-12 football or only watch it casually. Like, How do you think Michigan is going to be able to, or do you think they're going to be able to get to Michael Penix the same way that they did Jalen Milrow? I mean, that's that's what the game comes down to, right? I mean, that's, that's really... That's, That's the it. breakdown. That's the breakdown. If you like Washington, if you luck, like them plus the points, if you like a money line, then you think that O-line is going to be able to protect Penix. Because if they do, he can make some plays. I, I still think Michigan's secondary is gettable. I just think that Bama's O-line was so overwhelmed and Milrow was so in his head that he just he wasn't in the same Totally rhythm, different right? guys, too. Like, Milrow still has some time to develop. Remember, a lot of people probably aren't remembering the quarterback competition that Milrow was under, right? Yep. He got benched, what is it, game three, game four, something like that? I mean, uh-huh. you know better than me exactly the week that it happened. Then he comes back. He gets better and better and better slowly but surely. But, like, Michael Penix Jr., before he went to Washington, was balling. Then comes to Washington, gets better. Now this year, even more elite, probably top ten talent. So I think his poise is much higher than Jalen Milrow. Here's the thing where I'm worried about Washington and I'm interested to see what Michigan's game plan is and I'm wondering if that correlates to the total like if you're Michigan you know that you have such an advantage with your O-line against that Washington defense right do you almost play ball control do you limit the but possessions but that's not what they've done all year well that's what that's what Michigan's done to a certain certain extent especially as the game goes on they really try and grind you out they bring the play clock down they lean on their run game Early on, they might not, but I think later on... Because they've see scored them. really fast. Even when they're trying to grind you down, Blake Corum averaging seven yards per carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're scoring way more quickly than I think you know Big Ten teams or Michigan, like we think that they do, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Kalen, Kalen DeBoer, by the way, the head coach for Washington, has been there two years, Trista. In his last two years, the Washington Huskies have been an underdog five times. They've won all five of those games outright. They've played nine ranked opponents. They've beaten all nine of them. Wow. So, Washington's pretty good in this spot. I have been saying all year that they are this year's TCU. They went undefeated. Purple. They want their purple. They won a <laughs> lot of games that they probably shouldn't have won. They made it into the playoff. People probably still think they weren't one of the four best teams. They end up, they end up winning their semifinal game. And now they go up against the best team. You think in the they're country. gonna get blown out then? I, I kinda think so. Really? I would look at some Michigan Michigan alternate numbers. Really? Yeah, I would. I think I, I still like Washington plus four and a half. I would. I think I'm gonna take Washington in the points, but I I do think Michigan wins that game. I really do. Michigan's there and I don't even think McCarthy's all that good. No, like I, we I, saw him. I really don't. Yeah, we did. I don't think he's very good. Coram's fantastic. Yep. Edwards is great. Their O-line's very good. Their receivers are solid, too. 
Loveland, their tight end, I like. But that D line is just—it's that's where it is. It's going to be a great matchup. That Trista, that that is the game. If Washington's O line can hold up, like their receivers will be able to make plays against. Polk that is a man, just oh. an absolute man. His player prop is fifty-five and a half receiving yards. Yeah, that could be one play. That was one play. Polk's great. I love me some McMillan. Romeo mm-hmm. Dunze is the best one. He's going to go the highest so in the draft order. They're really good. They got some big news today that it looks like Dylan Johnson as well is going to play in the championship game. Their running back, who's been very good for them down the stretch. And Washington's a really good team. Their their offense is, is really, really good. I just, Michigan, you know, I, I just, it worried me going into that Bama game that they were the favorite. And I was just like, I'm breaking down these teams and, Bama's got three All-Americans in the secondary. And I'm like, how are they going to be able to to throw on Bama? And they really weren't able to. No. And then I'm like, you know, teams that try to out-physical Bama, like you just can't do that. And Michigan had their moments. They gashed them for some runs here and there. But they, they really didn't, like, overwhelm them, I would say, on the ground game. I mean, Tristan, the second half before that drive that Michigan scored a touchdown, Michigan did nothing on offense. Did nothing. So... That's the thing. I mean, you know there are going to be possessions throughout the game where Washington doesn't score, where Michigan's defense gets stops. Can Washington's defense get enough stops on Michigan? I mean, for Michigan to win that game against Bama and for their special teams to be as bad as they were, I think that says a lot about them. They muffed two punts. They missed a field goal. Bama hit 250 yarders. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, it's just Bama dominated the special teams game. And usually in playoff games, when the teams are that evenly matched, that that can be the difference, right? The three phases. Michigan was able to overcome all that. So I just think it's their year. I mean, it's just right with everything going on with cheating scandal and all this. And they beat Ohio State. Harbaugh finally wins a game in the playoff. Like, just kind of just feels like it's it's their year. I I absolutely agree. I think it feels like they've been destined ever since the scandal came down, right? Like, it's theirs to. It was either going to be that, or they were going to lose the semifinal by a lot, right? Like in terms of narrative-based mm-hmm. betting, which I know you're all about. I am. I think it's the year of the Harbaugh, Tristan. Oh, year of the Harbaugh. I think it could be Jim and Fatty College and, the, and John uh, yeah. in the NFL. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's a championship game Monday night. Would you do anything with the total? At 55 and a half. I think it absolutely correlates to how you believe the game's going to go, right? Do you think Michigan's going to be able to dominate and grind down Washington and have those eight-minute, nine-minute long drives? I don't I don't think so. I, so I would probably lean. If you like Washington, you probably like the over, right? You think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. I would think so. 55 and a half means a lot, right? Like, that's a very high national championship total. Mm-hmm. That is. Usually get, like, 47. Mm-hmm. If 50 right now, if the NFL draft were tomorrow, Michael Penix in your eyes would be a first round draft pick. Top 10. Top 10. He wins this game against Michigan. Is there any chance? Third quarterback taken? Third. Okay. No second. Like you think it's Drake Caleb regardless. I think so. Okay. But you just never know, right? Like this is the time where we all think in our head what is going to happen and what's set, right? Last year it was like CJ Stroud number one pick, no matter what. And then as time goes on past the national title, as we get further and further away from the college football season, people start to just, I don't know, either get more clarity about what's real or start overthinking everything. You get to the combine, 
everybody's putting in numbers. They've, they're only in their underwear, right? Like, it's all about these metrics and the pro day, like individual conversations are had with GMs, the, you know, all these testing, S2 tests, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And you find reasons to talk yourself out of guys, and you talk yourself into things that you really like, right? Like Anthony Richardson, this time last year, what was he? He was a second-round pick. Like, And then what happens? Like, he's top-ten pick. Nuts. Because of those intangibles. Because of those I mean, intangibles. Yeah. Whatever it is, that, the picking up trash in the locker room or whatever it was, that story where he's meeting up with that team and he's pick, everybody else is, is like leaving trash behind. It's that character that shined through when yeah. he was in those individual conversations. I don't know what that's going to be with Michael Penix, but I could see him shooting up to the top of the draft board. I agree with you. All right, I got some props here that Scott, our producer, dropped in the rundown from BetMGM. I'm going to throw some at you. You yes. let me know what you think. J.J. McCarthy over 190.5 passing yards. Over, under. Over. What See, do you think? I would go under on that. Would you? And I would go over on Blake Corum, 101 One, rushing yards. Yes. yes. Michael Penix, over 297.5 You have to yards. take the over for Michael Penix. If you like Washington plus yes. 4.5, I think you have to take that over. J.J. McCarthy, over 1.5 passing touchdowns at plus under. 125. Under. I, I would agree. Penix over one and a half passing touchdowns, minus 175. Over. I would agree with you. Uh, Michigan to win the game by one to six points at plus 375. So you like Washington to cover, but you like Michigan to win. So with the plus 375, one to six, would that intrigue you? It does intrigue me. Does it? I like that. You thinking about maybe making that play? I also like uh, Washington to score first points at plus 110. You know what? I kind of like that, too. Striking Actually, first blood. I kind of like that, too. Washington's plus 110 to score first or plus 140 to score the first 20 points. Don't know if I like that. And then do you think we get overtime? We got overtime in the Rose Bowl. Do we get overtime in the Natty plus 875? I tell you what, that number is intriguing. Plus 875? That's an intriguing number. I think I'd want a little more. For what? I don't know. For a sprinkle? Like, just for some pepperoni? Sure. Not for, like, a real bit. Some pepperoni. Did you see Stephen A. Smith today said that he wants the Rose Bowl to SoFi Stadium moving forward because of the traffic getting into the Rose Bowl? Get this guy is outrageous. I mean, that's, that's just, such an LA thing to that's say. Such a terrible take. The traffic is terrible, but you just get there early. That's what you did. That's what we did. Trista Crick, PJ Glasser, Bet MGM tonight. We come back talking NFL divisions. We got three still up for grabs. We'll break those down next. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Handle our business. That was pretty much it. We know what's at stake. Go out and do your job. we got to execute. we got to execute as coaches. we got to execute as players. And shoot, it's win or go home. So, got to win. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetMGM Tonight, PJ Glasser, Tristan Crick, Brian Horvath, Nick Ashew with the night off. That was head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, Shane Steichen, ahead of Saturday night showdown between the Texans and Colts. Trista, what if I told you back in August, week 18, the Texans and Colts would be playing for a playoff spot and maybe the AFC South division title. What would, would, you have, have said? would not have believed it. Maybe I would have thought, okay, Anthony Richardson, 
has to be cooking yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Like it's him and Michael Pittman and JTT completely healthy, playing at the peak of their powers. But the Texans? Oh, Tank Dell? Man. Who's out for the They're season now? The season? Nico Collins? Devin Singletary? Like I did not think that this defense was going to get as much better as it did. Listen, dude, they are my like secret fantasy team that I just love watching. Love them. I love the Texans. I love them. Something I'm excited about for tomorrow, Trista, is uh, we're going to talk about, so week 18, obviously, from betting perspective, everybody always wants to talk about the motivation and, like, who are the people that are going to be playing. Something we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to look at all these teams and what players have incentives and, like, who needs six more catches, right, and, like, what props to bet and all that. Texans have a bunch of those guys, yes. Devin Singletary, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz. So we'll get into that tomorrow. The Devin but, Singletary uh, one's tough because I think it's like over 100 yards rushing. I think it's like 165 yards rushing that yep. he needs. But there's some sack props in there. I think where guys need just one sack for $750,000. I want to say Levante David is one of those guys. Jadavion Clowney is one of those guys. I know DeAndre Hopkins needs like four catches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's uh, the incentive props oh, are the, the best. The incentive props—that's a big topic of discussion in Week 18. What are your thoughts on this game, though? Obviously, Jacksonville controls their own destiny in the AFC South. They're minus 185 to win the division. They're at Tennessee on Sunday. They're five and a half point favorites. But if the Jags lose, Tristan, the winner of Colts Texans wins the division. So before we get into whether or not you think the Jags lose, what are your thoughts on this game? Texans Colts. It does feel like oh Texans Colts. Mm-hmm. I like the Texans in this. I one. do too. Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud at the crib. I think he balls. I gave this out as my beat the books. I think Nico Collins has a day. Like he has been absolutely cooking in the last few games with C.J. Stroud. I think he's averaging seven and a half catches and 110 yards per game in his last four games that C.J. Stroud has played. So you got no Tank Dell there to you know shoulder the burden with you. So I think he's going to go off. Like, I, I like his over there. So I like the Texans in that spot. Just take them on the money line, I think. I mean, this is a de facto playoff game. I'm taking the best player on the field. I'm going C.J. Stroud, right? Same. Like, he came back. He missed those two games with the concussion, and then he looked pretty good against Tennessee. Texans dominated that game. I just think they're the better team. The line is telling you that they're the better team, right? They're favored on yes. the road in Indianapolis. So I'm going to go with that. I think both young coaches are fantastic. D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen have done a great job. I'm with you, though. I like Houston. Colts beat them earlier in the year. It's tough to beat a team two times. Give me Houston. As for Jacksonville, would you be worried if you're a Jags fan? This yes. Weekend? Are you serious? Mike Vrabel playing spoiler? As Come, a home dog? As a home mm. dog? Mm. Come on. He's already given quotes being like, we are miserable losing. Yeah. What does that mean? That means Mike Vrabel is going to get his boys all riled up to do what? To ruin Jacksonville's day. Yep. It's one of those, like, if we can't make the playoffs, neither, neither can, can you, you kind of thing, Exactly. Right? Yep. It's like Dan Campbell. Could only be Tennessee or pass for me in this game. And can I be honest with you? Even though Trevor Lawrence is better than C.J. Beathard, with how he's playing right now, it's like, not good. It's not that much of an upgrade, right? It's not to the point where, like, oh, where like Stroud came back for Houston, and you're like, okay, now, now I can take the Titans seriously. Totally different ball Texas, game. Yeah, I mean, clearly Lawrence is better, but guy's just banged up, man. He's dealing with that high ankle sprain. Now he's got a stinger, and it's just. It's a mess. Jacksonville's going in the wrong direction, which is surprising because usually Doug Peterson's M.O. or these are the times of the year where his team's peaking. Like, they normally start slow and get better, 
as this as the season goes on, but it's kind of been the opposite this year. I don't know if I'm gonna take Tennessee on the money line, Trista, but I'm with you. Like it can only be Titans plus five and a half for me. That's just, just such a big line, too. It's a big line. It's just it's a Vrabel type spot. And you know, like these I just I love what the NFL did years ago when they decided to make week eighteen divisional games. Like it just adds to it. There's so much familiarity. The teams know each other well. And like Tennessee, you know, they're off season, there's a lot of uncertainty there, right? Like, is Vrabel gonna be back? Is Derrick Henry gonna be back? Are you gonna are you going to stay with Levis? Is that 100% going to be your guy? What are you going to do with Tannehill? Like, they got a lot going on, and I think uh, winning winning that game would go a long way. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm with you. I like the Texans a lot in that game against the Colts, and then I like the uh, the Titans, plus 5.5. Plus 190 and minus 120. So for the Texans to win this division, it's essentially 4-1. to one. That's pretty good odds. Yeah. Because that, that's what has to happen has to happen for the Texans to win the division. Right. They, they have, have to win. win. They have to win and the Titans have to lose. Or win. Yeah. Titans have to win. They have to win. Which is a smart way of doing it, right? Like yeah. instead of maybe just taking the uh the division odds, you just you play the parlay. You give yourself a little bit better juice. The Texans are plus four fifty, so they accounted for that. The Jets yeah. are minus one eighty five to win the division and they're minus two fifty on the money line against the Titans. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. So we might have just Find found that something. Value. If you yeah. like the Jags, just take them to win the division. You're getting you're getting better value there on that game. What about the AFC East? Comes down to the Bills and the Dolphins <sighs> on Sunday night football. This is gonna be a good game. So good. It's gonna be good. Buffalo's favored by three. The total is forty nine and a half. Again, two teams that are just kinda trending in the wrong direction. Like Miami had that big win against Dallas, but it really wasn't convincing. They probably were fortunate to win. Yep. They had that collapse against Tennessee a couple Five weeks field before. Goals. And then the Ravens just absolutely dominated them. That Bradley Chubb injury is a big it's one. Tough. Tyreek's banged up. And it's the Dolphins Jaylen against... Waddle's not playing. Waddle's not playing. And it's the Dolphins against a good team, right? Like, this has been their thing all season. You look at their five losses and who they've been to. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Ravens. Like, they just they cannot beat good teams. So now here they are, plus three at home against Buffalo. Who wins the AFC? I think it's got to be the Bills, dude. I like a minus 165 on the money line. The Bills have been trending upward. And the Dolphins, like you've said, are paper tigers. That's just what they've been. And they're more banged up. You have the Jalen Phillips injury. You have the Bradley Chubb injury. You've got, you know, the injury to Javon Holland. He's just finally coming back from injury. You've got uh, Jalen Waddle out for the rest of who knows. Like, he's supposed to be trending back for the playoffs, but that injury looked tough, right? Yep. You've got Tyreek Hill that's been banged up multiple times. That angle. ankle is really not great. Raheem Mostert has been injured as well. So, like, you've got many key guys that are either banged up or out of this game. Yes, it's in Miami, but I like the Bills in this spot. I feel like the matchup favors them. I'm not touching this game until I know what happens in the Steelers game, until I know what happens in the Jags game. Right. Because there is a scenario where the Bills can get the number two seed or they can miss the playoffs completely. Completely, yes. Right? So all they need is a loss from the Steelers or the Jags, and the Bills are in the postseason. Because don't you feel like if the Bills know that if this they're is, in this the postseason, it. yep. that it'll change things a little bit, right? thousand percent. So I don't feel like you can bet this game until you know what where Buffalo stands. If they go into that game knowing their season's on the line, Bills minus three. And that's why I'm a little bit disappointed. I get why you flex that to Sunday night football. It totally makes sense to me. 
But wouldn't it just be complete chaos if, if, the, if you put them games, all at yeah, the same time? 100%. That's what I would want. Yeah, no, I agree Just so you. the Bills feel like yes. that desperation no matter what. Agreed. It's going to be awesome oh. if if it's a win or, and get in for the Bills. But I... And but what if it's not right? Like Sunday night football doesn't have nearly as much juice. No, but if the Steelers and Jags both win, we're talking about a team that's good enough to go to the Super Bowl and might not even make the playoffs. Like it's crazy, brutal. It's crazy. I, I truly can't remember off the top of my head like a time we've ever faced this, where we're talking about a team as good as the Bills that might not make the playoffs if they lose, which is which is insane. But. That's that's my handicap. Like, if the Steelers lose to the Ravens, I like the Dolphins in the game. If the Titans beat the Jags, I like the Dolphins in the game. If the Bills go into this knowing that it is an absolute must-win, that means we're going to get Superman Josh Allen. And Then you have to take all Josh Allen props, oh, too. the rushing. Rushing yards, rushing the, touchdowns, oh, maybe multiple touchdowns. Yes, yes. Because it's it's going to change the way they call the game. It's going to change how McDermott views the game. Because it's a playoff game. game. It's a playoff game. That's exactly right. And the Dolphins will obviously approach it. I mean, they're going to approach it like a playoff game, too. The difference between getting the two seed and the six seed is massive. But, I mean, for the Bills, it's just the fact that they might not make the playoffs if they lose that game. I think you, you just can't bet it until you know what happens in the Steelers game or the Jags game. So, it's going to be great. Sunday Night Football. Bills and the Dolphins. Then Trista, the other division that is still up for grabs is the NFC South. Tampa is the favorite at minus 275. If they lose at Carolina, then the winner of Saints-Falcons wins the NFC South. This is and goes so to the sick. It's just such a great week 18, is oh, it not? Oh, man. I, I got to tell you, Trista, the Carolina Panthers are one of my favorite bets of the week. That line keeps going down. Do you remember two years ago? When Carson Wentz and the Colts played at Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence's oh, yes. rookie year, they were a two-win team. The Colts went on the road. All they had to do was win, and they were in the playoffs. Yes. Tell me this game just, like, doesn't give similar-ish vibes, It right? does. Like, Baker Mayfield is very Carson Wentz-ish. We got another two-win team. Banged up. We got a two-win team with a rookie quarterback. They're at home. Like, this line is suspicious. This is the Carolina Was that the Panthers. year when Carson Wentz sprained both of his ankles? <laughs> I, like, I simultaneously? I, I don't know. It might have been. God, he was so bad in that Week 18 <laughs> game. I just, it could only be the Panthers for me. All the pressure is on the Bucks in this game. That's when he became the most hated man in football. Oh, he That was, game. Yes. You just have yes. to win this game. Right. He played so terribly. Baker Mayfield on the road in Carolina in a spot of desperation, a must-win. I think they're going to lose. I really do. Like, I, I really do think the Bucks are going to lose. The Bucks were playing so good. They were at such a high, right? They had great road wins. They had beaten Green Bay. They had a great road win in Atlanta. They came back home and uh, had another big win. And then, they, and then they played the Saints last week. They looked terrible. Baker starts to sow shades of his old self and... I don't know, Trista. Are you with me? Would I'm you with dabble you. In I'll, Panthers I'll, money dab line? I'll dabble with you. Saints or Falcons, then? Who do you like to win that one? Falcons. Ooh. It's rough. I hate them both. I kind of would have to agree. I stare a car at home as a favorite. I can't do it. Hour one of BetMGM tonight in the books. Three hours still to go. Von Dalzell joins us next.